Friends Club. Gotta clear it out there. It's the end of the holidays. Oh, man. Welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club. We talk nostalgic things, and it's the end of 2019. Woo! Another, another year, another... In the pan. Another pay 24 paychecks, I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome uh, to us on our last holiday, last Christmas holiday... Christmas holiday? Yeah. Is that All right, that's a new one. I mean, whatever. <laughs> what does it on your calendar? Merry, Merry Krimbus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Merry Krimbus. Yeah, we could just a do Krimbus. Merry Krampus and just be done with uh, it. Oh, Krampus. Austrian style. I'd give him a hug. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Josh. Uh, we have Sabrina here. Uh, we have Eric. Yep. And we got Kyle. Hello. And we're all here to celebrate uh, the Yule Tides uh, and to also cover Kyle's choice for a movie. What is a Yule Tide anyway? Uh, it washes up every year. Mm. Um, beaches on the shore. It's very sad. <laughs> it's, it's a type of algae. <laughs> it's just a sad log on a beach, I guess. <laughs> oh, God, the Yuletide's here. <laughs> uh. Clean it up before it explodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So um, I I was actually really happy to do this one. Uh, well, basically, we went the, to, to give some idea. We did the holiday uh, patron picks, and mm-hmm. I went through those. And you pretty much stopped me at a party and went like, I have something that we must cover. And I'm like, we have one more episode, so I guess you're on that episode. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I picked The Long Kiss Goodnight. <laughs> Which I did not know, A, was a Christmas movie, and B, was a movie. It, you know, I, it, technically, I don't really suppose that it is a Christmas movie, but it is my favorite movie to watch in during Christmas because mm-hmm. a lot of uh, the time is actually set around there in that movie. It, and that's good enough for people who enjoy uh, Die Hard. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like for the same reason. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I watched this movie uh, not too long after it came out on uh, HBO, actually, uh, not in theaters because I was only about... 12 years old when this movie came out. A wee babe. A wee babe. Uh, and there is no way in hell my mother would have watched this. <laughs> um, uh, sh- should I just go into the summary right now? Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, find out first. So you basically had watched it when you were eight. Had any of us seen this before? Nope. None? All nope. right. We we all went in as fresh little babies to your uh, to your holiday uh, pick. Um I mean, if we just want to go ahead and run right to it, I can hit the I can hit the thing, and then we can do the summary. Unless we want to talk about anything else beforehand. Oh no, I'm open to talk about anything. <laughs> well, what's, what's, what what is significant about this movie to you? So, I I I, I always liked Gina Davis as a kid. Like uh, since Beetlejuice was like the first thing I ever saw her in. Yeah, so and she's like the the lady character that is the mom in Beetlejuice, or not? Re- she's not really a mom, but she's very motherly. She's a ghost mom. I yeah, guess. she's a ghost mom. She makes her face look weird. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's got very like generally has like very curly frill like early 90s hair yeah yeah like that 90s perm i guess mm-hmm. i don't even know if her hair is naturally curly but um yeah no i i just always like liked her as an actor and in, in general and then uh when this came up and it was like an action movie i was blown away yeah. <laughs> and we should mention that also includes samuel l jackson yes <laughs> which i think somebody mentioned like this is one of his favorite roles that he's ever done really? he does mention that this is his favorite role yeah huh 
I mean, it, it's a good it's a good character for Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's a very it's not what you'd think of him doing. Like it's still a Samuel L. Jackson, like that kind of forceful delivery, forceful attitude. But there's layers to this character that are kind of like interesting. Also, uh, a note is that the movie that they produced is far more. They toned it down. Like, mm-hmm. they wanted to make it far more brutal than the actual movie is. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, torture scenes and really bad stuff happening to that to Samuel L. Jackson's character in the prison. So, we'll just leave it at that as being the 90s being the 90s. Uh, but, no, this is, this, is, this is a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's got probably a lot of my favorite one-liners. <laughs> there are some good ones, yeah. It, it actually felt like it did not stop with trying to deliver one movie. Um, well, shall we go ahead and get into it? Let's get let's get amnesia for a moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm still got to do this. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let's get amnesia. Let's forget about all of our past as a CIA agent. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, find ourselves embroiled in a plot that we are trying to uh, to finish what we started eight years ago, let's get noir, but not really. Let, let's let's cut off our hair and let's let's dye it blonde and take Have up this crazy <laughs> like yeah, take a cigarette, start drinking, uh, and take on a completely different persona as we all enjoy a long kiss. Good night. So, the details are Long Kiss Goodnight is a 1996 American spy uh, spy action thriller film pro- co-produced and directed by Rennie Harlan and produced by Shane Black and Stephanie Austin with the screenplay screen written by Black stars Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson, Tom Armanis, uh, Yvonne Zima, Brian Cox, Patrick Mulhyde, Craig Bierko, and David Morse, and follows an amnesiac school teacher who sets out on a journey to find out who she is with the help of a private detective until they discover a dark conspiracy. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you are free to take this away. All right, I'm just going to go off of the plot from Wikipedia. It, it <laughs> always works well. Yeah. All right, so we have Samantha Kane, played by Gina Davis, is a small-town school teacher living with her boyfriend, Hal, Tom Amandas, uh, and her daughter, Caitlin, which is Yvonne Zima. Eight years earlier, she was found washed ashore on a New Jersey beach, pregnant with Caitlin and totally amnesic. Uh, having never remembered her real name, Samantha has hired a number of ineffective private investigators to discover her past, the latest being a lowlife named Mitch Hennessy, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, during the Christmas holidays, Samantha is involved in a car accident and suffers a brief concussion where, when she recovers, she finds that she possesses skills with a knife that she cannot explain. So, that yeah, so <laughs> there, there's a lot of, like, weird... I wouldn't say weird. Like, it's, it's an interesting slow setup that they have here where basically, like, she's got amnesia. She's just kind of, like, being a mom. Like, um, it's, I wouldn't say relatively boring, but they're obviously doing, like, the setup of, like, oh, there's this kid. I had amnesia. Uh, and they have this, like, very drunken, like, Christmas party with this very horny guy. Oh, yeah. Her, 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 uh, I guess her boyfriend's horny dad or something like that. <laughs> Um, to which she gets into this crazy car accident and then like 
Well, she's driving like a tiny car on this like winter road. It like, seems very unsafe. And then the dad just straight up feels her up, and she's not cool with that because why would you? Yeah, yeah, no, that's. <laughs> um, and then swerves, and all of a sudden, sudden your plot deer shows up. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh God. Uh, it. Uh, she runs into the deer basically, and then um, it kicks her. Uh, the, the dad guy yeah. in the face with its hoof. It was uh, like some hilarious, DJ, like some hilarious editing. Yeah, yeah, and then like she careens into a tree of where, like, I guess we don't get to see the deer fly off of the car, but you do get to see her fly through the windshield, and she wakes up suddenly, all a badass, and just walks over to the deer and just <laughs> cracks its neck, and then like just kind of looks at the car where the dad like is pretty much in it as the car catches fire and just like, eh, I'm just gonna pass out. Yeah, now. I'll just I'll just take a nap. Here. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think he was already ways. Maybe. Oh yeah, that that kick to the face is definitely what did him in. The fire wasn't doing any favors though. Uh, so yeah, so basically she is just a like generic mom esque type, like nothing like particularly boring. Uh, one interesting note is that earlier in the movie she was in the Christmas parade, mm-hmm. uh, and we see cuts to like a guy in prison that's just like some, no way, like some no dis- way, like discount Bane in prison. Yeah. It's like, I can't be hurt. I'm so mad in prison. (laughs) Who then has to, uh, I guess, uh, tie up that loose end, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I'm mad in prison. And the. yeah, I did, this this is the setup for it, and it was always like, wait, could it become like a superhero movie? What's going on? I know, I know. It's especially if you've never seen it before. It just kind of like it suddenly takes a very interesting turn from being like a very kind of like homey feel kind of a yeah. movie, you know, Home Alone and like, yeah, I I, I like oh, I did like the opening scene where they show Sam Jackson his uh, his like private detective firm. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Like he pretends to be a cop so he can entrap people for information, but he's gets to just hire his hobos to like <laughs> be his his officers. Yeah, he's like blackmailing people of just like, oh hey, you know, we just caught you in here with this prostitute, so you obviously just need to pay me off right now, or otherwise we're gonna report you. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I guess if you uh, don't want your wife to find out, you're just gonna have to throw some G's my way, my man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, shall I? Or go, go for it. Go, all right. Um, shortly thereafter, the family's home is broken into by One-Eyed Jack, Joseph McKenna, uh, a convict who escaped from jail after seeing Samantha's face on television. Samantha demonstrates her fighting prowess by killing Jack barehanded and worried that she possesses a danger to Hal and Caitlin. Samantha leaves with Mitch, who has found a suitcase belonging to her to seek out her answers. We got to talk about this action sequence because oh this, my was, God, this yes. was the point where I realized Oh, okay, movie. This is what we're doing now. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is a point. W- so one eye Jack has a shotgun. Um, there is a particular scene where he is at the front door. He aims the shotgun at uh, at them. It, it, misses. It shoots a hole in the wall. Well, it fires. He fires like a rocket or something. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow, like it fires it in a way that a giant hole is in the wall. Yes. Then. With the hole in the wall, she grabs the child, throws it through the hole. Throws her, like, horizontally in a straight, like, just, like, <laughs> Into a tree house that had to be two feet away from the house? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be, like, right outside the window for some reason. <laughs> Good thing they hit that one spot that was adjacent to the outdoor treehouse. <laughs> By firing his, like, what, rifle-launched grenade off of a shotgun? And I, it, what was that? And if you think about it, that treehouse has to be a total of, what would that be, like, three, four feet off the ground, then? 
I think that was the top of the stairwell, so it was the second story, but I don't know. Well, it was one yeah. of those that has kind of the banister, so they were like the halfway point up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's dumb. It's But I was just like, all right, movie, I see what you're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, no, it was immediately, like, like, like as soon as this scene opens up, you can tell it's going to be immediately absurd with, like, just action for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right, we're in for it now. Let's see yeah. what you got, Long yeah. Kiss Goodnight. Oh, God. Uh, and, and then, because uh, <laughs> earlier in the movie, like, after the accident, you know, she's, like, chopping vegetables. And, like, <laughs> she's, like, just, like, oh, my God, get me more stuff. And, like, and this is before the guy breaks into their house, obviously. But, like, uh, she's doing all this crazy stuff with a kitchen knife. And then uh, she balances the blade on the tip of her thumb, throws a tomato in the air, and throws the knife at the tomato, and it sticks in a wall. And she's like, chefs do that. <laughs> yeah, th- that is a very weird scene, too, where basically she's like, she's chopping these carrots, and at the very beginning, she's like awful at it. Yeah. Like, she's just like, oh, I keep hitting my finger. Uh, and then like possesses the skill to like chop really fast. And then they're just like throwing stuff. So she's just like, more! And they just start grabbing stuff from the fridge yeah, and throwing it toward her no, so she can cut it. this is a very normal scene. Josh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, But my favorite thing about that is like what she, especially after she throws the knife through the tomato, sticks it in the, in the cabinet and says, chefs do that is you get to her where she just breaks the neck of one eye jack and she looks at her husband or her boyfriend licks the pie off of her fingers and says chefs do that <laughs> i'm like what culinary school do i need to go to to learn how to break a man's neck after throwing a pie at funny him? enough cordon bleu <laughs> yep uh all of this inters- everything looks like like it's so 90s all the fashion look everything oh yeah it looks like home alone it really, really does. And it kind of has that vibe, like, going for it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. But, like, if Home Alone was espionage, CIA spy instead of, you know, little boy killing, not killing, but... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, he, he would, but torturing criminals, I guess. Uh, alrighty. Uh, where were we? Uh, da, 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 we have a suitcase. suitcase. Uh, that's right. So the suitcase contains a note directing them to Dr. Nathan Waldman, Brian Cox, and they arrange to meet at a train station. Now, real quick here, uh, when before she calls, this is one of my favorite uh, lines from the movie, like those one-liners I was talking about. Um, uh, Dr. Nathan or Dr. Waldman is there with, I guess, is his wife, whose dog's face has oh, been yes. lodged into its butthole for some time. And I believe the line that he says is like, the dog, dear. I can only assume that whatever is in there is either gone for good or there to stay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Been looking at it for three hours now. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was very good. Yeah. Um, anyways, they arrange to meet at a train station, unaware that the government agents are tapping the doctor's calls. En route, uh, Samantha discovers the bottom of the suitcase contains a disassembled sniper sniper rifle, wow. <laughs> sniper rifle, which she can expertly reassemble along with other weapons. When Samantha and Mitch go to meet Waldman at the station, they are attacked by a team of agents who shoot numerous bystanders, but the two escape with Waldman's help. This is back when every bad guy wore, wore like a gray turtleneck with a leather jacket over it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. and you were either bald or you had a ponytail and a mustache. So this action sequence, I also love several aspects of it. One, you have the like people, uh, people storming into a building from different like doors, but they don't fire until obviously everybody has entered the room yeah. because they run towards one door and oh no, people yeah. with guns and I run towards you. the other door. <laughs> oh no people with guns it's weird it's like weirdly slapstick uh they yeah. have they run upstairs 
and then someone throws a grenade and they look at it for a moment and then start running and the grenade then turns into a giant fireball. fireball. Yeah, which is like, what? And then they jump out a window to which she shoots the ice, ice and they fall through the ice at the bottom. Yeah. And then they get into the car, the actual guy that they were trying to get. Right. <laughs> God, that movie is so... F- it, uh, it, it was it was just so extreme, especially because like as soon as they get in the car, then it's just like, oh hey, what's up? Man? Yeah, yeah, how's it going? And, and it's like, okay, well, you, uh, do you want me to kill him now, or do you want to kill him later? And he's just like, excuse me. That's what you're saying, but this, if this movie was more violent and everything, like that would be even weirder, considering how slapstick parts of it are. Yeah, yeah. I also have to point out that there is not a single moment in this movie where. Um, when Samuel L. Jackson calls out to Sam, she immediately replies with Mitch. Samich. I just thought that was funny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Ah, yes. The doctor informs Samantha that she is really an expert CIA assassin. Charlene, uh, Charlene Elizabeth Charlie Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. Who had disappeared eight years prior. Unsure if they can trust Waldman, Samantha and Mitch leave him uh, behind and seek another contact on the note, uh, on the note rather in the suitcase. Uh, Luke, played by David Morse, uh, believing he may be Caitlin's father. Uh, Waldman catches up with them and tries to warn them that Luke is actually Charlie's last assassination target, Daedalus. However, Luke kills Dr. Waldman, then straps Samantha to a water wheel and tortures her by repeatedly submerging her in cold water. Which, by the way, I, I just find it funny, like, this was also the moment, I think, when, like, everything connected for her. Like she, when when all those memories that were like suppressed or, or yeah when or, she was drowning yeah yeah and she just reached because uh because of an earlier conversation in the car where he's where the Dr Waldman's talking about how many guns he has he's like and one right here next to Mister Willie and that's the one that she goes for when she's in the water to mm-hmm. to come back and shoot Luke in the face which uh to, you you might be able to give a little bit more insight on this eric wouldn't that gun have been super waterlogged um it would kind of depend um some guns you can still fire even if they've been submerged Mm. um yeah it it would depend on a number of things yeah oh well one in one point that uh, imdb has on this so gina davis and her then husband director rennie harlan uh actually checked how long they were married yeah uh, actually checked how long she could hold her breath in the bathtub to, to prepare for the water torture scene. Gina, I promise, this is research for the movie. Uh, also, I should mention that... <laughs> I'm, uh, Rennie, I'm Rennie Harlan. The the reason that she was in this movie was specifically for them trying to turn her into an action star. God. Because basically that was one of the things of just like, hey, we want to get you more work, so I've got this movie and I'm going to go ahead and put my wife in it and we'll make you the action star in this movie. And if it's a success, uh, then was, you get a long career. And it didn't. Was she also yeah. in, because Renny Harlan also did that movie Deep Blue Sea. Was she also in that? I actually don't She was. This is after their, their presumed divorce? Probably, Perhaps. Yeah, I... No, actually, you know what? I never, I never uh, well, saw Deep Blue Sea, but I also never saw sea. her in the trailers. Deep Blue Sea, also Sam Jackson, <gasps> of course. <laughs> well, she, he gets killed the most amazing way possible, but yeah. Is that the one with Ice T? Yeah, LL Cool J. Uh, yeah, Ice T's doing nothing but. Uh, it would be funny if Law, Law and Order. Order. Yeah, <laughs> I almost said CSI. Oh. Um, 
All right. Uh, oh, yeah. After after being tortured, she is finally jolted into remembering her past life. Samantha frees herself, kills Luke, and escapes with Mitch. Uh, Samantha completes her physical transformation back to Charlie, cutting her hair, dying at platinum. I don't know why people say dying at blonde. Yeah. Anyways, uh, di dying it to platinum blonde, Charlie realizes that her Samantha Kane personality was a cover to get near to Daedalus eight years earlier. Uh, da, 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 moving forward, a psychological operations specialist named Timothy, uh, played by Craig Bierko, uh, with whom Charlie once had a romantic relationship, kidnaps Caitlin. God, this this guy, this guy drives me crazy. Like he's like if Chevy Chase was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. He's just constantly like smirking. He is a smarmy individual. Oh yeah, no, he's constantly a jerk. <laughs> the the way he looks, I don't know why, but it always like his face just makes me think he's an evil property brother. <laughs> like he's just like the fourth property brother that's just like instead of going and flipping houses I kill people it, you know I, I don't know how, how else to phrase this other than just how I'm going to do it he kind of reminds me of like if somebody were trying to be Ryan Reynolds but wasn't doing a very good yeah, job yeah <laughs> discount Ryan Reynolds <laughs> discount Ryan Reynolds is a perfect way to describe it's him. like yeah. if you mixed Ryan Reynolds and Paul Rudd's blood together oh and tried God. to create not, a child. Yeah, not, not the wit is not there. It's like <laughs> this suddenly makes me think of like in Rick and Morty where he created Aberdolph Aber Winkler or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, da, da, yeah, no, the, the, basically like that guy's character throughout the entire movie is just sort of like it, probably the literal worst character in the whole movie. Everyone else did fine, but he was just like kind of over the top for no reason. Yeah, he just feel like he just has a, a that bad like a bad villain feel, but there's nothing you can say about he's why. The, he's yeah. got that bad villain like bad villain mouth feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't want to get too far afield before we talk about Sam Jackson's outfit when they like Oh, yeah. Oh weird like golf outfit that he puts on. Yeah. He should do that more often. That ruled. <laughs> it was the the green and gold, wasn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. like something out of virtuosity. Argyle. That's a, that's a virtuosity outfit right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh we should do that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Virtuosity. Uh, wait, wait, that sounds familiar. Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington, Russell Crowe. Oh my like, God, that's right. It's all like virtual reality, sort stuff, of, right? Yes yeah, and yeah. no, in yeah. that it, it is in the movie, but it is kind of pointless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we do that one, we also have to do Johnny Nemon. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Josh, well, you, well, you in this death pact? You twisted my arm here. <laughs> how many? How many more megabytes does my face drive need? <laughs> Uh, no, I I, I I like that they tried to push like technology in that movie, especially with like the I need a thirty three modem and blah, blah blah blah. It's like oh okay, no these are all these are all hot fucking points. Ooh, that's a, wait, Josh, we got it. Next next triplicate after after uh, after our big plan went in February, it should be like virtuosity, giant mnemonic hackers. Yes, just, just just jump straight down the cyberpunk hole. Oh, yes. All right, all right, we're all right. doing this, guys. All right, all right. Uh, where were we? Da -da 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 -da. Cyber March. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that sounds like sounds like some like some kind of internet sale of some sort. <laughs> Cyber come, March. Come on down to mattress firm Cyber March Get sale. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There it is. Alright. Charlie and Mitch learn about Daedalus' involvement in Project Honeymoon when she disrupted on her uh, yeah, which she disrupted on her mission, resulting in one eyed Jack's incarceration. Uh, Project Honeymoon was intended to be excuse me, a false flag chemical bomb detonation in Niagara Falls planned by the CIA in an attempt 
to blame Islamic terrorists and secure more funding. Charlie realizes that a new group is uh, plotting to restage the attack led by Timothy and their former boss at the CIA, Leland Perkins, played by Patrick Mullahide. Uh, in Niagara Falls, where Timothy has taken Caitlin, he captures Mitch and Charlie. Uh, she tells Timothy that he is Caitlin's biological father and implores him not to hurt their daughter. But Timothy locks Charlie and Caitlin in a freezer to kill them. Just real quick, let's just remember, this is the mid-90s. Do you remember what a, a, a plausible plot point was? Our intelligence agencies don't have enough money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, which was not even true, because they just, like, they just smuggle drugs for all their money, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then the entire idea of, like, oh, we're going to potentially have this giant tragedy for the sake of drumming up public support so that we could actually take a whole bunch of money and instill uh, particular uh, surveillance and, oh, God, wait, hold on, hold on, this might be relevant. Loose change. <laughs> actually, what I thought it was weird about this is that they actually talk about a bombing of the World Trade Center. Yeah, well, from, that happened. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, the there was an actual bombing of the World Trade Center in the 90s that happened. Wait, was that the, was that the Unabomber thing? No. No, no, no. Okay. This, there was a separate attempt. To, to bomb the World Trade Center. Okay. Oh, it wasn't an attempt. It happened. Well, it happened. Uh, yeah. Maybe he didn't, did, did not destroy them. Right. Okay. It, it, it was basically a bomb in the parking garage, so it... Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I thought that that was strange, because, um, I, I mean, granted, I was, like, 12 at the time, so I didn't really pay attention to very much news, so... Uh, I thought that it was like some fictional thing that they were talking about. And then I was like, oh, and then 9-11 happened. It's weird. But no, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the details, oh. <laughs> 1993 World Trade Center bombing uh, attack uh, when a truck bomb detonated below the North Tower, of the World Trade Center. Yep. Freaky. All right. Yeah, um, I don't. I, I would never want a World Center. Yeah, it's been hit twice enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a new. There is one. And that's where uh, Bon Appetit is. Yeah. Okay. Stay safe, Claire. <laughs> Please don't hurt our Claire. Yeah, don't hurt our Claire. Man, they must be making good money to be in the World Trade Center and say maybe it's a, it's a yeah. fun publication. Anyway, where are we? Oh, uh, da, 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 da. so he locks them in the uh, freezer to kill them. Uh, Charlie and Caitlin break out of the freezer by by detonating barrels of kerosene and freeing Mitch, who helps Charlie attack the staging area. Uh, this forces Timothy to launch the attack early. Meanwhile, Caitlin locks herself in a cage on the truck carrying the bomb. Uh, Charlie chases the truck, overpowers its driver, drives it from a Christmas parade, and overturns it on the Niagara Falls International uh, Bridge. <laughs> I just the, the her whole attitude leading up to that point. I I don't know, man. It was it was in, it, it's been it was an interesting transition because she went from. Uh, the first time she was with her daughter, like being this loving mother, and now she's like action mom. Well, yes. there there was a part between too, where basically like so her personality has been like the nice mom and the assassin, mm -hmm. and at the very beginning it's nice mom, and then like halfway through the movie she's just like forget the nice mom, I'm assassin. Yeah, the, like let's get with Samuel L. Jackson now. Like the yeah, movie party had this time. Weird early on when she has the dream and she's seeing like the version of herself in the mirror. Yeah, like, is she gonna turn into like? A psycho, like a killer. See, but it's like no, she's just a she's just an assassin. Yeah, so she's, that she's felt a like that was ass assassin. But or, she's not like an evil spirit possessing her. That's why it was like that felt very like this movie had some like tone issues. I think. Yeah, well, I, I think it's because they they kind of set it up to where like is is this a, a bad part of her or is this like a good thing? You know, and right. It, and 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 as we get towards the end here, we kind of kind of see that it's a little bit of both. Like. 
it's not necessarily that she's a bad person like this original personality. It's just that it was a much more hardcore personality right, versus the the loving teacher that she was before. The visions of her in the mirror and the dream are like she's like a evil psycho. Right, like, right. I do want to talk it about the supernatural kind of thing. Yeah. So there, there's two things that I want to point out here. One, there is the scene where she and her daughter get captured and... They are put into the freezer, and the way they get out of the freezer is basically they notice that the like that there was a bunch of kerosene everywhere, and right. so they used the baby doll of the kids to like it was one of those like peeing burping like a, the, the a Betsy Wetsy yeah or a basically Betsy a doll that could absorb liquid, and so basically they just absorbed a bunch of kerosene or gasoline and then like used it to blow open the door and there's a kind of I think it's supposed to be touching but it's also just kind of like well okay where her daughter is keeping like she got injured earlier and she has a cast and she's keeping matches in the cask because it's for the candles mommy at home yes. and it's like uh, okay yeah yeah well because like in the yeah in the beginning they just say uh, she before she runs off with Mitch and this whole thing like spirals out of control. Uh, you know, just here are these matches. Here's some candles, uh, light a candle in the window for mommy. It's called a vigil. I'm not entirely sure that that is in fact the case, but yeah, I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there is, so Mitch just does this, like has his action moment as well, where basically he's just like, I'm going to get over here and save the kid. And, like, basically just runs out there while everybody is firing and gets all bulleted up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, has his big action moment before seemingly dying. Uh, let's I see. I mean, they didn't really. Well, that's because in the first, so in the details here, in the first draft of the screenplay, he did die from his wounds. Test audience didn't like the ending, so it was reshot. Yeah, because yeah. they totally show him, like, it looks like he's dying. But then you see him turn and look at the car that's in the back of that one truck. Which is why is there a car in the truck? Because that's the... Remember they were putting the Arab guy in there because he was supposed to be the fall guy for the bomb? Mm. Oh, yeah. Remember? Because he was oh, hanging right, in the freezer. they were trying freezer. to stage it like it was a terrorist attack. Yeah. Was, he right, was the right. guy that was in the freezer and they took him out before they put Sam in there. Right. Though, who was supposed to be driving the truck? Wouldn't they have just noticed that, hey, there's a giant chemical truck, too? It's not a good plan. No, it's not. Like, it falls apart a little bit. But <laughs> All right, so where are we? I think we've poked some holes in this plan. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. It, 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 I will say, there are plenty of things about this movie that don't hold water, <laughs> but there are plenty of things that make this a fun movie anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, just like our next movie, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. Actually, we're very near the end of it here. Uh, da, 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 da. So, Charlie frees Caitlin, but they cannot get away from the bomb, which is about to explode. As Timothy and his agents attack them from a helicopter, Mitch suddenly arrives in a car, picking up Charlie and Caitlin and entering Canada just before the bomb explodes, which kills Timothy and forces and destroys the bridge. Or, sorry, kills Timothy and his forces and destroys the bridge. I was making the joke during this entire scene because there's this huge fight on the bridge and I'm just imagining on the opposite side a whole bunch of Canadian border guards just going oh what do you think's going over there eh? <laughs> so, uh, what are these oh, American hosers doing over oh, here oh they could just cross the bridge why are they oh they, they, they tip that one over there 
Oh, 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 there's a helicopter now. Oh, oh okay. he's just shooting a gun out there. Oh, oh, breach. I apologize, by the way, to all of my friends in Canada. I know you don't talk like Ooh, that. We're oh. gonna break your knees for that one, eh? Oh, bridge is gone now. Yeah, I can't can't get the yeah, Timmy's there uh, now. Ma- maple syrup and uh, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky and, and oh. moose. <laughs> oh, you seen what the Habs have been doing recently? I don't know about them. <laughs> okay, now you're becoming Boomhauer. <laughs> Actually, one of one of my favorite things about the scene uh, between. Charlie and uh, Timothy fighting on the bridge is when he busts out a knife and she just says, oh, Tim, four inches. <laughs> His reply is like, oh, don't worry, baby. You'll feel oh, you'll me. F- yeah, like, oh, yeah. Just, that just more, one, one, that more wonderful. Really also, I want to point out that like every knife in this movie is not just a regular knife. It's some dumb like mall knife. With, I was like, a curved uh, yeah. blade and like a handguard. Yeah. Like, I was what? wondering that as our edging enthusiast over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you have a great... call me out here. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, she pulls out this blade that basically has like a ring holder, like a plot. No, no reason for that for your finger and i'm just like is there any reason to have a blade that basically just like you could spin like it's a like no. a pair of scissors no there's no reason for that or like this like weird a curved blade yeah they're all where they're all they've all got like mall ninja knives <laughs> yeah yeah no n- not a single blade in this movie was meant for any of the intended purposes yeah. that they were given um, well, that for all the more reason why when she pulls it out and she sees like the dream version of herself, like is it a supernatural thing? What's yeah, going on? yeah. No. Uh, it's all right. weird. No, no, no. It's it's fine. Um, let's see. In an epilogue, Charlie has returned to her assumed identity of Samantha Kane, moving with Caitlin and Hal to a remote farmhouse and declining an offer from the president. <gasps> To join the State Department, Pre- which could imply President, rejoining President the CIA. Old man. Yeah, President Old Guy. Yeah, <laughs> President Bush stand-in. Yeah. Uh, Mitch enjoys the publicity attracted by his role in The Crisis and is interviewed by Larry King on television about Perkins, who was indicted for treason. And that pretty much is the uh, the entire plot of the movie. The uh, there, There's one part, point there at the end where Gina Davis and her, like, um, her boyfriend are there, and they're sitting outside, and she's just kind of like, and it takes the uh, takes one of the uh, knives and like throws it and hits it into a log, and I just want the guy to turn to her and go, "Could you not <laughs> stop? <laughs> you stop with that?" Well, she she was annoyed by the cricket. Yeah, yeah, she killed a cricket yeah. or a cicada, <laughs> one of the two. I like how also she like when she's driving at the end, she's like just like she just become Thelma and Louise sit there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I. <laughs> She's got. She's gone back to like the long hair and the sunflower dress and everything yeah. like that. She's basically just gone back to being a teacher. Oh God, that reminds me of uh, earlier in the movie when she's like going back to her home, I guess for some reason to pick something up, and uh, she runs into that kid who tried to steal the oh, cigarettes yeah. from the party. She was getting the key from the bracelet she gave to her daughter. Right, right. That's right, and. <laughs> It's just like she comes across that kid who's smoking a cigarette and she's holding a gun. She's all like badassed out, right? Yeah. And she just like takes the cigarette out of his mouth. It's like, what did I tell you about smoking? And if you tell anyone you saw me, I'll blow your effing head off. <laughs> and then he just like instant he, peace. Yeah. He's like, oh no. He's just a kid. <laughs> I can tell you what, he's not smoking after that. Yeah. That's for sure. He's like, oh, yeah, mess with that shit. Uh, let's see, some of the details of the movie. One of the movie's original locations was a historic Grand Hotel in Muskoka, Ontario, uh, the 100-year-old Windermere House. During filming, however, the hotel caught fire and burned down to the ground. The heat from the film lights were initially blamed for causing it, but it was never proven. 
Interesting. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Shane Black then became the first writer to sell a script for $4 million. He later admitted that this caused a lot of envy amongst his fellow screenwriters, as well as an accusations of commercialism. He voluntarily what? retired from the blockbuster industry for almost a decade as a result. Wait, commercialism? What? what? Yeah, You're because... making a movie. Yeah, because he took $4 million for the screenplay. Commercialism. I what don't... are you supposed to do? Say no to being given money? No, I, I want less money. I want to be... I, I want uh, to... You know what? I'll do it for exposure. As an <laughs> yes. artist, I know that that's all we really want is yeah. exposure. You, we don't want money. Trust me. You, you, like love, it's gonna... you love exposing yourself. Oh, Listen Gosh, to th- do I. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's going to be huge. Everybody's going to be talking about you. You just need to do it for like, eh, how's 20 bucks? You want 20 bucks? I, I, I will say this because I did want to say it earlier. My uh, One thing that I like about this movie, especially in the summary here, is it got a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, nice. 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 That's the sex number. <laughs> uh, let's see. The ice skating scene was scripted to end with Samantha performing a double axle flip and simultaneously firing her up, uh, firing over her head upside down uh, after two aerial rig configurations in sub-zero conditions and several attempts at green screening failed it was dropped from the film <laughs> there is a cr- there we didn't mention that particular scene where she uh she I outspeeds after some cars <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the heck <laughs> Uh, let's see. RFK 575 is the license plate used in the film for the dead terrorist car. It is also the license plate used by Derek Zoolander and Zoolander and what? on the and on the car in Final Destination. What? Oh, because they're death cars. Basically. I guess so. Well, because like in in like uh, the gas fight car. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 And and the, and in the long kiss goodnight, it's obviously the car that blows up. And then in uh well, and yeah, I guess in all the other ones, they just it's the car that you blow up. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same car. No, no. But if that's if that's what's on your license plate, I mean, you're doomed. There's specific <laughs> license plate numbers they use for cars on TVs because they're not supposed real license plates on them. Man, yeah. that's a license plate to get then, huh? Just yeah. see who has that inside joke. Uh, and uh, the one thing I think I'll end on in terms of the uh, the trivia on this, this film is being famous for being one of the three big budget films that came out of indie studio New Line Cinema in 1996 and unperformed. The other two, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, man. And, and The Last Ooh. Man Standing. Mm. Up until their releases, New Line had specialized in low to medium budgeted genre pictures. Oh, Isle of Dr. Moreau is a famous bomb. They tried. That has so. Feruza. That has uh, Val Kilmer and uh, and Marlon Brando in one of his last roles. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the uh, the director was driven crazy by by uh, Val Kilmer. It sounds like really? everybody was driven crazy on that movie. Yes, everyone went insane. Uh, people tried to flee the movie. Um, That's crazy, huh? <laughs> was not driven good... crazy by Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, long oh. kiss. Good night, everyone. I, one of my, my favorite one. You saw the one liner about like, stupid. Or do you just take, do you take classes? Of course, I took, I took classes. classes. Yeah, yeah. It was like I took lessons. <laughs> I think my favorite one was like, was the, well, shortly afterwards, he's talking about like, not like a lot of people don't escape from New Jersey, like all its current residents. Yeah. <laughs> there are some really good one liners. That's true. This was an odd movie because it was like Samuel L. Jackson in a supporting role. And it felt like someone's like, let's take this action movie and let's flip it. We'll have the 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 like the woman who gets roped into it becomes the female sidekick. Yeah. 
Well, but, she's the lead, and now Sam Jackson, the guy you think is the action star, is the like, whoa, we're in over our heads. Oh my goodness, <laughs> he's firing a gun. Well, but if you remember, what is it? Uh, um, what is it? The third. Um, boy, what am I? I'm, I'm missing. It's the other holiday movie. Uh, the, the other movie that everybody says is an action holiday movie. Die Hard? Uh, Die Hard. Oh, Die Hard no. 3. He's in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam Jackson is actually in that one as, as like, a supporting role for some crazy blonde. Well, and of course, it's odd that he's like she's the crazy just like doing stuff, and he's just the guy who's like hapless kind of almost. Yeah, yeah. So That's that was the four non blonde. I know, but I was I that heard was, blondes in a number. That was odd. Uh, that like it was odd. Like I'd never seen Sam Jackson in a role like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. Definitely interesting to see him being the supportive in, in an action movie and not like the actual act star. Being, being the sub in an action movie. Yeah, <laughs> especially to Gina Davis, which yes. also is like somebody who's just inherently funny in her own way, in the same way that he is in his own way. So I don't know, man, I, I really still love this movie because I think that it's absolutely ridiculous. It's got like, it's, it's very 90s. It's yeah. very like... There's the scene where, like, she's doing her transformation, and they're in this, like, crazy hotel room. What mm -hmm. was that? I've never seen hotel rooms like that. That's like if you go to, like, a, a Motel 6 and you get the presidential suite. But it was just, like, <laughs> craziness, like, art deco interior. Yeah, like, like Ikea threw up in there. It was just, like, bright reds and, like, like a big bubbly thing behind the... There's, like, a, a full bar. I don't oh, know yeah. what that was. Hmm. Oh, wait, one of those. How would you know? They always look like on TV. <laughs> they look ridiculously ridiculous. I was just that you'd been going to hells. I, I don't know. Well, sure. you know what they say out of assumptions? They're sometimes true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Actually, I like that in uh, in, in the movie. He says like yes. you make you make an A out of you and umption. <laughs> and umption. Um. All right. Uh, long kiss. Good night. I'd say it's worth a watch. Yeah. It's 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 like it's a weird like '90s artifact. It feels like uh, if you like Samuel Jackson, he's actually I, he's good in this movie. Oh yeah. Very good. So it it is like fun to watch him. I don't know what that outfit. It was blowing my mind. Was I that know, like in so the car? Good. Where did he get that? He took it out of the old guy's car. He took Remember? the old man's clothes. So wait, so like Brian Cox had that outfit with him? Yeah, I guess maybe because remember he was telling them that he was meeting them halfway when she first called him. He said, meet me halfway. I guess. So he probably packed some stuff. And since they were all messed up, like he let him take some of his clothes oh. out of the back of his car. That's why it looks like old man clothes. Yeah, but it's like But crazy he's rocking it, though. Yeah, yeah it's no, like Samuel Jackson like, looked really good in it. Yes. No, I, I saw that. I was like, whoa, this is weird. Like, and yeah, I was here for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was the last long kiss goodnight. Uh, that, and that was also the last of this podcast. Woo! This is the last Christmas movie. Our next movie coming up will take us out for the year. And uh, then we'll see what the new year holds. Yeah, you, you know we've got uh, we've definitely got a little bit of a uh, we're gonna leave 2019 with a little hiss, <laughs> and uh, then we've got the uh, the beginning of January, which is usually our big old bummer time uh, with the uh, with um, what do we call it again? The, the bleak midwinter. The bleak midwinter. It's coined by Mags. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's um, boy bleak. Get ready for that one. We're starting right. off with a bang. All right, yeah, that is correct. Uh, all right, you can go ahead and find us on Twitter, Sat Friends Club. Our website address is satfriendsclub.com. You can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are. 
wherever you want those. They're all over the place on your iTunes, on your there's, Google Play. There's podcasts in them, they're hills. We need to add ourselves to Spotify so people can get us on Spotify, but that'll that'll be I'll do that at some point. Yeah. Mm. Trust me. Uh you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash sat friends club, where you can join our Discord group, like our great friend Jesse, who recently joined and is part of our patron crew. Uh and thank you so very much. And uh, anyone that is part of that can join our Discord and hang out and talk and chill out and we talk about our shows and every once in a while we do uh, suggestions and do your suggestions for Saturday Friends episodes so you can catch us. Uh, all right, we oh, will catch... Man, I'm excited for Cyber March now. Oh, Cyber March? Ooh, I think that's, we got, that we trio re- is powerful. We gotta remember Cyber March. I'm, like I'm, I'm, say, I will write that down. Don't all right. worry. Look, and, uh, and, if, and if I am gonna be a part of that, it I have to say it has to be in the beginning of the month because I will be gone for a month. Okay, same we'll, with, we'll find... Actually, same with me, so that would yeah, work Alright, well, well, we'll, we'll figure out what we can do for March. That was smarch weather (laughs) (laughs) all right we will catch you next time for more saturday friends fun till then sleep well everyone pew pew bye it's the saturday friends club (laughs) 